All right. I got to think about what I'm doing here. I'm trying to concentrate because, you know, tonight's emotional looking glass is all about advocacy, advocating for oneself, for your personal health. And so Tennille's going to dive into that, how you have to fight to emotionally take care of yourself. You have to fight for your own health because a doctor is just a doctor. They're not you. They don't experience what you go through every day. They don't truly know how you feel. You have to tell them. You have to advocate for your for your personal being, you know, it, you you come in you, you, to a checkup, the doctor sees you, at first glance, you're fine, you're fine, he has no idea if you wake up with foot pain, if you have a toothache, if you try to go for a walk and your knee hurts, he doesn't know what you're going through every day, and it's important to, when you go to the doctor, remember what your problem, your health problems have been since your last checkup. And try to say to him, listen, I've got this problem, i got that problem. Is this a bad thing? Like, should I be taking care of this? Oh, no, that's that's good. You're, so, fine. You're fine. I'm just going to okay. introduce it there, and <laughs> why don't you take uh, off from there? All right. Thank you. Thank you for introducing our topic. I am Tennille, and I'm a therapist. And I'm Eric, the spazzy Warwick. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the Emotional Looking Glass. I really appreciate you guys listening. Um, I'm hoping that today's topic will be an interesting topic for you because, you know, I wanted to really talk about how important advocacy is because the thing is, is that I think that people just... I mean, there are, of course, people who completely ignore their health. And then there are some people who they want to do great things for their health, but they're not really thinking about how important it is for them to advocate for themselves. You know, um, I do think that it is important to talk to doctors and and ask them questions. I know that um, Eric understands that not all doctors have the same motivations, right? (laughs) Or sometimes people don't like to be in front of the doctors for whatever reason. But you need to, if you're asking your doctor a question and your doctor can't answer it, what do you do? I don't know. I always find doctors usually come up with some sort of answer, whether it be well-intended or a jaded answer. Because sometimes doctors sort of, they see a lot of patients and a lot of patients. they might have questions that are common or comments that are common and they get tired of answering it. So then they'll just say, oh, you got to do this and this and blah, blah, blah. And like, he's thinking everybody has this problem. This is totally normal. Mm. And so they sort of jade over the issues that you're having. And sometimes they just want to spend like 15 minutes with you. They just, yeah. let's just get through this appointment. Okay. And then I move on to the next one and then the next one and then the next one. Yeah. You like, know, and you're not really have, listening. You might have all these like side effects from some condition you have, but you don't know that they're side effects. You just know that these are issues that you have. And then the doctor says something like, well, look, don't worry about all that stuff. 
just lose the weight and that should solve a bunch of your problems and then we can worry about your problems. So they kind of brush aside your symptoms yeah. and sort of try to skip straight to the solution. Right. And so you wonder, am I really taking care of here or did he just brush me aside? Mm-hmm. You know, and so you have a sense that you need to be an advocate for yourself. You have to say, no, I think this is more serious than that. You know, like, give me some more information Right. To my problem. Right, yeah. So that I can be as relaxed as you are or actually take my problem seriously and say, okay, that is a real problem. Let's get some tests or whatever. Right, yeah. And I think it's important that you take a look at what are the problems that I'm dealing with? What are the issues that I'm dealing with? Um, You know, take a list of questions, have a list of questions, have a notebook that you bring in when you go to the doctor. And Mm -hmm. when he's talking, like ask him questions and write down the answers. But getting back to my question, if you ask a doctor a question and they don't answer or they're dismissive or they, they don't give you the information you need to, you can go to another doctor. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if you're having issues with your doctor, if you're not connecting with them, they're not giving you the time that you need to. Hopefully you have insurance where you can switch to another doctor. Hopefully that's easier. Some people need to move from one doctor to another one because, you know, just so that they can get the right answers. Um, you know, and sometimes what you want for your body is not what your doctor thinks you should do. And so when there's that clash and the doctor's just like, you need to do this, you need to do this. Maybe you need to look another place. I think that's kind of drastic to sort of go from, well, he didn't give me the answer I wanted, so I'm going to go to another doctor. Um, Instead of just changing doctors, is there some way you could just ask another doctor a question without actually having to go through all the trouble of switching doctors? I mean, I don't... A lot of it depends on your insurance, but I don't think so. I mean, Hmm. that hasn't been in my experience. And that you can't just go around asking doctors different questions. They want to make sure that you have an appointment with them and so that they can charge insurance so that they can get money mm-hmm. for that communication. Right, right. Right. That's how doctors make money. Yeah, but just communicating with a doctor, I don't think, should really cost something. Uh, it, it's the, but it does the cost, cost something. It should be for the examination and evaluation, not just asking a doctor questions. Well, I mean, I think that is the cost. So do you think a doctor should charge you $150 just for when you send them an email with questions? I don't think so. I'm just saying that that is the reality. I mean, if you have a number of different doctors that you Mm -hmm. have gone to, you can email them a question, yeah, and they'll answer you. But if you have it set in your insurance, this is my doctor, that's the only doctor that you can talk to unless you get an appointment with someone else. And in Mm -hmm. that appointment, you can ask them those questions. Okay, it just seems like if you only have one doctor that you can talk to, it, it just seems like you'd be really in the dark 
as to where to go or what to do with with mm. major medical problems. Right. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, you know, and one of the reasons that I wanted to talk about health advocacy is because I had to be an advocate for myself a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. I had a serious condition. Um, it was causing me a lot of severe symptoms. Um, I was anemic and, um, I was very tired. Um, I'd have these dizzy spells that I tried to shake off at the time I was in a very stressful job. So I was really like pushing through that. Mm -hmm. And, um, I actually, my anemia was so severe that I needed to get a blood transfusion at one point. Mm -hmm. Um, my doctor wanted me to remove like a certain section um, below the waist. I don't want to give too many details, <laughs> but I'll say there. <laughs> when you say it like that, people are now wondering like crazy, what could you possibly need to remove below the waist? So that was a very poor way to state it. Cause I disagree. you're going to get tons of questions about that. I hope I do get tons of questions. And you're not going to want to answer them because all the answers are too personal. Send us questions. Okay. I, I want them. Go ahead and send them. So, um, so my doctor kept saying that I needed to have this surgery. Um, I wanted a different type of surgery. So um, I found out that I had fibroids. Yeah. Um, that was, was that from an MRI? Or? Yeah. So they did an MRI on me. Yeah. Um, and they found that I had a very large fibroid. And so a fibroid is basically a benign tumor. So it's mm-hmm. not cancerous. And they actually did take a sample and saw that it was not cancerous. Um, Can so I, tell I them how big it was? Um, well, in the MRI, they had a certain measurement. I don't remember what the measurement was. Um, but I will get to that point of, uh, of what the size of it was. Now is the time to get to it. <laughs> no, not yet. So anyway, um, my doctor kept pushing for me to completely remove this um, part of my body that I didn't want removed. And um, I I told her that's not what I want. They I, wanted to gut you like a fish. They did. And I, I was just like, that's just... I just want to remove the fibroid, just remove the biggest one. Um, And for whatever reason, she just completely disagreed Mm -hmm. with um, doing the type of surgery. She She was like, no, 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 no. That takes too much skill. That is beyond my realm of understanding. I'm just going to gut you like a fish, cut out half your innards, and then (laughs) stitch you up and call it a day. She actually didn't say that it was beyond her ability. She made it seem like... She implied it was. Oh, well, she. my perspective of it was that this is the best option for you. And as your doctor, this is what you should do. And even when I told her how much that would affect me and how much I didn't want that. Mm -hmm. She kept pushing for that. So I sent her a message saying, I am going to look at other doctor options. And she said, "Uh, you know, I welcome you to do that, but I know that this is the best option. 
I see the way she spoke. It sounded to me like she was saying, this is the option that I'm most, this is the procedure that I am most comfortable doing because I said, well, why not cut it this way and do the procedure this way? And she said, well, that one is more difficult as in that one would be hard for me. And I said, well, why not do this technique? She's like, well, I don't have skill in using the robot. So I'm thinking, okay, so that tells me you're not a skilled enough surgeon to do what we really want here, which means looking into other doctors is the right idea. Because as you found out, other never, doctors... I never really thought of it like ...could that. do other techniques. So when I went to the second doctor, um, he he was a very friendly doctor. He was mm-hmm. really nice. Um, but he he was the one who actually said that I should do a robotic surgery. He yeah. was the one who came up with it, not my first doctor, but, but the second was, one. He himself could not do the robotic surgery. Because he, you have to actually be specialized in robotic surgery in order to do it. Right, but the not very just fact any that surgeon he recommended a surgery that he could not do tells you that he was truly looking out for you. Yes, that's true. And not thinking, how do I keep this person right. as my patient? As my patient, right, exactly. Yeah. He was like, okay, this is the goal that you have. Mm-hmm. This is the way that you can get it done. And that is not my expertise. Yeah. And then he actually gave me referrals and places that I could go to try to get it done. Which is a truly honest and giving doctor, which is really what you want in a medical professional. Yes, yes, absolutely. So so the second doctor gave me a lot of help with that, which was great. And I went to a third doctor, and the third doctor... Um, had a different type of specialty. It was not specifically in robotics. However, they did. Ha- they were able to use a robot. Um, and when they looked at everything, because they did their own MRI, they looked at everything and they said, I think that you should look at UC Davis and see what they say first because yeah. <laughs> maybe they would be a better one. So I'm not really third sure doctor, why the third doctor kind of passed, <laughs> kind of passed on us. But well, because he looked at the MRI and goes, "Whoa, you got five of these things. Four of them are behind your uterus in a difficult location." Yeah, we can do a robotic surgery, but we have to rent the device. UC Davis actually has it 24-7, so they're more skilled with it. This procedure is difficult enough, even with a robot. You need someone that's really experienced with the robot to properly remove these in a single surgery. So anyway, um, so then um, I met with the fourth doctor, and she was amazing. She was wonderful. Yeah. So, um, I, you know, I said to her, so I had had a previous surgery um, that was um, around my belly button. And, um, and I had been told that we can't do robotic surgery because you had another surgery in that area. And that's where we start. And then she said, why don't we just do it above that area? Yeah, or what they did was they did it above and to the side. And I was like, you can do that? She's like, sure, why not? 
<laughs> I was like, well, that's that's great. She's the boss, man. Yes. She knew how to cut you yeah. in. And she knew. She how knew. How to cut into you and get down yeah. in there. And so, I mean, we had hoped to get all of the fibroids out. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we only got one out. And I will tell you the size. You want to give a drum roll? Well. For the fibroid? No. <laughs> no? Okay. It was I, the size of a grapefruit. No, it wasn't. It was one and a half grapefruits. Oh, one and a half grapefruits. Yes. It was like a mini football. Okay. Like a peewee football. Okay. Just, it was humongous. That's my first time hearing you say that because the first time you told me it was it was a grapefruit size no, of grapefruit. No, it was like it was like that. It was grapefruit plus another half of a grapefruit. Did you see it? No, but that's how she described it, the surgeon. Okay. And I said, you know, you were under for nine hours. Yeah. And was, she and came I, to me. And at, I was upside down, too. She came to me at like <laughs> hour six and was like, we've been in surgery for the last five hours. We've only been able to remove one of the fibroids. I'm like, how, how have you been having her under for five hours and you've only removed one fibroid and she's like we'll be working on the big one we've been cutting it into golf ball sized chunks and removing one chunk at a time and i'm thinking are you freaking kidding me yeah like just cut like a six inch wedge and pull the whole thing out at once what is this golf ball size pieces that'll take you all day and so then she said yeah it has taken all day and now we don't have time to get the other four i'm thinking did she not plan this surgery like i feel like she could have planned the surgery better but i mean really. here, here's the thing i felt like she did a lot of great planning but in my mri it did not show that it was that big Yes, it did. I MRI had, no. showed that it was 11 centimeters in diameter. I had multiple MRIs, and none of right. them showed that it was that big. No, you, you you showed me the lab report. It said 9 centimeters by 11 centimeters. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I remember the numbers, sweetie. I remember that it, it was, was shocking. It was not as big as it actually was. Like all of the, it, I mean, uh, I had multiple scans and it was not as big as it turned out to well, be. Well, anyway, they I left remember that specifically. Four fibroids. Yeah, but they were underneath your uterus. You don't need to say where it was. Why? I just. Said, it's just an organ. Yes, it's an organ. Let's just call it an organ. <laughs> I think where it was, but anyway, is just it as was it was what it was. It was very small. The other four were very quite small. Well, between golf balls and limes, that sort of thing. Uh, no, they were well. They were smaller than that. Mm. But anyway, we won't quibble on that. But anyway, getting back to it, um, so I did have the surgery. I mean, it took me a year. It took me an entire year. From the time when I found out of the fibroids to the time of the surgery. Yeah, which is crazy. For me to get the surgery done. Yes. Because every time you saw a new doctor, they're like, okay, I see that you have scans, but because I'm a new doctor, I want to do my own scans. And it's just like, what? Like, you have the scans right there in front of you. They kept wanting Why to do, do their own scans. Why do you need to do new scans? Yeah, I know. And it was so frustrating. But it was interesting because every time we would have new scans, I 
almost never got like the exact same numbers. They were always a little yeah. bit different. And I've I saw the actual screen while they were doing the scans, and it was really hard to see what they were looking at. Like the way the imagery shows up, it's very subtle. Like occasionally you'll see the side of one, and then they move it a bit, and you'll see the side of another. And they have to move it all around just to get all the sides to show up on the scan. Right. And then you have to compile these, this video together in order to get proper imagery. And so it's very um, vague, you know, because yeah. they're using like a sonar type thing. Yeah. It's, but they are, you know, I mean, they're specialized in their field. So, right. but, I mean, you would think that it would be more exact, but but it's not. But I mean, getting, not with that type of skin. Yeah. But I want to get back to advocacy, talk more about mm-hmm. advocacy, because I think the thing is, is that there there definitely were times in that journey where I wondered, maybe I should do what my first doctor told me to do. Maybe she was right, you know, because I went to this doctor and then I went to that doctor and, you know, the third doctor was definitely, he did not want to do the surgery. And so there were times when I wanted to give up. And so I want to tell listeners, you have to be an advocate for yourself and don't give up on yourself. But the frustrating part was... At every step of the way, you're fighting to get this done. Yeah, you're and they're fighting. always telling you, "Well, we need you to take this test," and then we you got to do wait this another thing. month and for the review of the results. Waiting more, waiting and more. It and, like and, and in the whole every process, meeting, they just kept asking you to wait more and more. Right, and in the process of all that waiting, you were suffering. Yeah, you know, I was suffering. I had to get weekly shots of iron um, in a not delicate area. I mean, in a delicate area. (laughs) And so, I mean, it's, I I can't imagine what it must be if someone had like, you know, a chronic condition like cancer or some other type of um, disease that could actually kill you. Um, because it, I mean, just waiting and waiting and waiting, you know? And so some people can have their own ad, some people can be their own advocates and some people can bring advocates with them. I thankfully had my husband to be with me on this journey. So I was very happy about that. Some people can, um, have their mother or their friend or somebody else with them to the appointment. Sometimes you need that, um, in order to get that support and hear from them saying, no, you, this is not what you want. So let's figure out a way to get, you know, your health fixed in the way that you want in a way that works for you. And the thing that she's not telling you that I think you know, it's probably a bit personal, but I need to say this. She was suffering in other ways that she did not describe. And for me, it was painful to watch her suffer and know that there was nothing I could do about it. And we, before she even got the scans, it took her a year to get the scans. I was, yeah, I was Because the doctor kept saying, 
It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. You just have a hormone imbalance. Just take this. Just take this. Yeah. And, and I would take it, but it wasn't really fixing the problem. And I the I problem actually had was no... keeping us from right. doing other things in our lives that we really wanted to do. That's true. That were so important. Yeah. But we knew we had to get past this problem in order to do those things. And the doctors just look at it like, oh, it's a mild problem. Just live with it. And we're like, no, 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 no. We need this fixed so we can do this other thing, this very important life-changing thing. And you're telling us that we're not allowed to do that. Right. And so the whole time, it's just, it's emotionally suffering. And for her, it was physically suffering and emotionally suffering. Yeah. And so advocacy was so important. And the crazy thing is, every doctor's appointment, she she had to go in and advocate. I need more help with this. I need tests. I need to know what's going on with me. This is not normal. She had to fight for that. And had she not... Her systems would have been permanently damaged to the point that we could not do what we want to do. Right, yeah. The important thing. Can I say what the important thing was? Uh, well, I mean, that's up to you if you want to open that up. Well, it's, it's, it's your body. So, I just, I feel like, I don't know if the audience is going to understand how significant a denial not advocating for you was. Well, I mean, I think the important thing to look at here is that this was an issue that I've had for probably at least three years or more. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea. I had no idea because whenever I would come in and talk about it, it would just get dismissed. Yeah. And I, I just allowed it. I gave into it. I was just like, I guess, you know, I'll just keep. The doctor's like, oh, that's not a big deal. Yeah. Just just take this. Just just take this. That's just part of your overweight issues. And so I would take it and I just thought like, this is going to get better on its own. And it didn't. It just got worse. It got worse. And then finally I did meet a doctor who said, well, maybe you should get a scan. And I was just like, that, that's an option. I had no idea. Yeah. I really didn't. And so that's one of the reasons why I want our listeners to know that they have options. There are other options out there. Yeah. And, you know, no matter what country you are, you know, if you have the funds to go beyond your country, you might be able to find the medical help that you need. Maybe. And some but. people do that. Some people go outside of their country to get their their advocacy, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's that's. But wonderful. you didn't have to go outside of the country. You just had to go to a different hospital. I just need to go to a different doctor, to a different hospital. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. But, I mean, I, I want to say that, you know, when you're looking at medical advocacy, um, you, you're looking at getting support for, you know, medical guidance, um, getting support for decision making. I had a decision and I looked at the pros and cons of everything. And, and sometimes I really wondered, like, is something wrong with me? My first doctor said, this is what I should do. Maybe I should just do that. But now looking back on it, I'm so glad that I didn't just take that and that I fought against it. 
You know, um, sometimes you have questions about insurance or billing and there should be a phone number on your insurance card so that you can ask questions. I had to ask a lot of questions and find out how much is the surgery going to cost? Mm -hmm. Um, these are some procedures that I need to get done. How much is this going to cost? And they can give you those answers. Because a lot of times, because it wasn't looked at as a necessary procedure, it may not be covered by your health insurance. Right. Yeah. And so that was a real issue with this one because it wasn't looked like as an immediate emergency kind of thing. It was looked at as optional Actually, they, they didn't consider this surgery to be optional at all uh-huh. because it was behind the condition of anemia. Oh, okay. And because I had to have a blood transfusion, that showed that if this continued going on, I could die. Right. And I, I mean, it's possible, I think but it, it, it was a long range to, type of yeah, thing. Yeah, I think yeah. that's what allowed the surgery to be covered by your insurance. But I'm talking about the testing before you started. Oh, no, rehab. they were no, they were willing to do the tests. Okay. Well, yeah, there were no well, issues I know they were there. willing to do the test, but I didn't know. We didn't know at the time whether the tests were going to be covered by insurance or not. Oh, I knew it would be covered. Okay. See, I had no idea because we went in and... I was looking to the billing on the test, and they were saying $800 for this test, $700 for this test. And these were just like basic, you know, um, what do you call them, like sonar scans. I forget what it's called. Yeah, we don't we don't need to go into that. They were certain tests. But I didn't pay all of that much. The insurance paid some of that. Yeah, I yeah. noticed that, but we didn't find that out till like a month after the test. Um, I, I was aware it was going to get covered. Okay, because when yeah. I asked the billing people, they didn't know. Right, yeah. Well, I, w- I knew that it was going to get covered. But anyway, moving back to advocacy, I think what helps, you know, when you're on your journey and making sure that you advocate for yourself is taking breaks, is focusing on self-care, um, exploring your options. You know, don't just think this is the only thing I can do because this is what my doctor tells me that I can do. Um, And you want to look at what is your priority? What is your goal? You know, if you have a lot of different medical conditions, find someone to help you sometimes and and figure out, okay, what is it that I need to do here? Um, Communicate to your support. Do research. Those things are really important. Um, Ask for paperwork, ask for documentation, um, and email your doctor. Um, When you get your medication, take a look at it. Look at what the side effects are. Look at what any of the issues are. Um, And I think that, you, you know, having a list of questions for the doctor really helps you with advocacy as well. Mm -hmm. So, um... And uh, I mean, if you live in the United States, there are a number of professional health advocates that you can find. Um, There's the Greater National Advocates um, organization that you can find online. And there's also the National Association of Healthcare Advocacy in Berkeley, California. So that's something that you can take a look at, too. If you want to look at a professional who's got 
certain expertise and certain what, what, things. What do these professional advocates do for you? So what they can do is they can provide medical guidance. They can help you with decision support. They can help you with uh, recovery and wellness. And I mean, they have a variety of different skills. Okay. Yeah. So I, I don't really know what the cost of that is or how how important that could be versus Mm -hmm. uh you just having a friend help you or Mm -hmm. um speaking to your therapist or Mm -hmm. psychiatrist about those things so it kind of all depends on on what your issues are yeah yeah now i have one more important thing to add before we end this topic um while some people are thinking well i have this medical problem it's been on my mind for a while yes i'm gonna advocate for myself I'm going to, next time I see my doctor, other people are thinking, I don't really keep track of my health needs or concerns. When I go into the doctor and the doctor asks me, is there anything wrong? I draw a total blank because <laughs> I'm not really thinking about my health as being important. Mm. Now, maybe those kind of people don't listen to our podcast, but I know there's a lot of people like that out I there. I hope they are listening because they can learn a lot. Well, the kind of people that don't consider their health priority are probably not going to listen to a podcast about health. But what Possibly. my point is, if you're the kind of person who draws a blank about your health concerns when you go into the doctor, you might want to try the next time you do have something about your health that you don't know what's going on with your body, uh, write it down in a notebook or something. Right, yeah. And that way, by the, the next time you see your doctor, you might have a a collection of points over the months since you last saw your dog and go, Oh yeah, that day I had that weird thing and I don't know what it was. And so you can talk to your doctor about it and, and see if they consider it something more severe and create a file, create a file for your health, you know, Mm -hmm. for all of the tests that you have for anything, any surgeries that come up or, you know, other things that are important, put that together in a folder so that you can look that over if you need to, or if someone else needs to look at that, you know, someone who you trust with your confidential information, Mm -hmm. you can keep track of your health history because when you change insurance companies, your old file does not get transferred to your new insurer. Right, you have exactly. to actually transfer it, and you have to usually fill out forms to get permission for them to have access to. Well, those they always ask files. you those same questions of you know how many surgeries have you had, and yeah, things like that, and they they don't really know any of that stuff. So and some people don't keep track of that stuff right. with any real but accuracy. If, but if you have all of that in a file, you can always yeah. just go to the file and say, "Oh, I had the surgery on this date. I yeah. did this." And on you can this. also and, keep track yeah. of your prescriptions. And immunizations and vaccines and and things like that um i want to thank you guys so much for listening to our podcast today and i'd like to end with a quote you may have to fight a battle more than once to win it margaret thatcher yes and sometimes you can beat the first cancer and you can beat the second but if you get it a third time you're probably screwed so good luck to you That's very sad. Yes, but that's why cancer is so bad. Oh, man. Wow. Well, you know, advocate for yourself. You deserve Mm -hmm. it. Thank you so much for listening to The Emotional Looking Glass. Um, You can listen to us on multiple podcast um, apps out there. So thanks again. Take care. Bye.
Join us next time for another episode of A Surprise Topic.